God. Why don't we give the Lord a great big shout of praise and, and just say, preach to me, pastor. Let's give every bit of that to Jesus. Come on, he's the one that's worthy of all honor and praise. I'm not, he is. Come on, he's king of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, wake up in Jesus' name. I don't know whether everybody sat up and watched the late show last night. It got real quiet then, didn't it? Amen. Look at your other neighbor and say, wake up in Jesus' name. Are we awake yet? If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, stomp your feet. If you're happy and you know it, say amen. If you're happy and you know it, do all three. Oh, come on now. My, you're happier than that, surely. Amen. Did the Lord wake you up this morning? Brother C.S. used to say, some of us need to tell our faces we're happy. Praise God. Amen. Ain't God good? Yes, he is. He is so good. Praise the Lord. I give honor today to all that have gathered into the house of the Lord, all that are here today. My, it feels good in the presence of God. Amen. To our guests, it is so good to see every one of you today. Amen. We give you honor today. Praise God. Amen. To Sister Carla Coakley, I want to say welcome back. Praise God. <laughs> I asked her sister, I said, where's Sister Carly? She said, she said she's out in the ocean somewhere. So anyways, yeah, we ought to be rested up and ready for the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, is everybody ready for the Word of God? Yes. How many are going to help me preach? If you don't, I'll be preaching all day long. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me. Let's go to John, the fifth chapter. John, the fifth chapter. Praise God. Hallelujah. John, the fifth chapter, we're going to get, begin at verse 1 and read down to verse 8. We have read these scriptures, no doubt, many times in the Word of God. And it is so rich, real, and deep about the lame man at the pool of Bethesda. The Bible said after this, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, of halt, of withered, waiting for the move of the water. That could be preached about in itself right there. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water, whosoever 
then first after the troubling of the water stepped in made whole of what was made whole of whatsoever disease he had and a certain man was there which had an infirmity 30 and 8 years and when Jesus saw him lie he knew that he had been now a long time in that case and he saith unto him wilt thou be made whole and the impotent man answered him and said, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. And Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. I want to preach or teach on this topic today. Will thou be made whole? Will thou be made whole? Why don't we just say that together this morning? Will thou be made whole? Do we have anybody in here that needs to be made whole today? Anybody need a touch from the Lord? Every hand ought to go up in this place. There's not an individual in this place that is not lacking in some area that you would have. And you would ask me, how do you know, Brother Cook? Amen. Because I see it put out there every week. Pray for this. Pray for that. Pray for this need. Pray for that need. Amen. But I would ask you today, will thou be made whole? Amen. I want to preach on that topic this morning. Let's give the Lord another hand clap in this place. Oh, could we just shout hallelujah in the house? Hallelujah. Come on, pound that piano like you own it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Will thou be made whole? You can be seated today in the name of Jesus. I had many conversations with my father concerning these scriptures. He and I preached to each other many times going down the road of these very same portion of scriptures and something that we both came to the conclusion of. It's this. Very little is actually mentioned before or after this event at the Pool of Bethesda. As a matter of fact, you can do a search on it and find out that it is not made mention of many times in the Word of God. And you will find hardly any place that it is mentioned that an angel stirred the water. Amen. But we find here in the book of John that John made mention of it telling us of what happened. Scripture tells us here that the pool was by the sheep market and that the pool had five porches. Amen. And that also by the pool lay a great multitude of impotent folk of blind and halt and withered people. Boy, what a sight. Today, if I could draw us a visual today of, of the pool here of Bethesda, I mean, there's some things that we would come to the conclusion many times. I mean, we have such a, a lifted up view, you know, of, uh, of biblical scenes and, and, and the creations then, you know. We, we, we present a, uh, the manger scene and we'll show it, you know, and it's beautiful and lit up with a beautiful backdrop of blue. And uh, we, we put out the roof and the wise men all gathered into that place, you know. And we can make that into the most beautiful sight. Amen. That, that, that everybody in the countryside puts them out in their yard and they, uh, they 
honoring the Lord and, and they just want to explain to everybody about what Christmas is all about. Amen. But if you were to get really into the nativity scene and realize that Jesus was wrapped in swaddling clothes, amen, uh, in, in cloth, amen, that wasn't really meant, amen, to be used in that effect. And, and you can go there to the word of God and you can find out, amen, that he was laid in a manger. Now, I don't know about you, but I was raised country and I know all about barns. I spent all of my young life either playing in barns or hauling hay in barns. Amen. And I have found out, Brother Forbes, that usually there's nothing very clean in the manger. Amen. There's nothing very clean in the floor of the barn. And usually it's a place of flies. And usually a place, amen, where manure is scattered about. I'm just being honest with you. Amen. This is what Jesus came into the world about. Amen. And we want to paint such a beautiful portrait of it this way. But when you get to the truth of the matter, amen, you can find that in looking at the manger scene, amen, that when you really understand it, amen, there were animals about, amen, there was dirt about, amen, uh, there was manure around the place, there was hay, there was things in there, amen, that a lot of our ladies around here wouldn't want to touch and God Almighty robed himself in the flesh, And he came down into a a world of humanity in the humblest form. Oh my, I could preach about this. He came down to humanity in the humblest form. Amen. The form of a baby. Amen. The God of glory was wrapped in flesh and had his diaper changed. That puts a little bit more understanding. if, If we could say it in that manner. Amen. But but when you get really into the scene of it, you realize, amen, that this thing really wasn't beautiful to the naked eye. That's the truth of the matter. If you think I'm telling you a story, walk out to your barn and get a look. That's where Jesus came into the world. In a barn. And today we're telling a story of a pool of Bethesda And we're finding in the word of God that this happened. That at the pool, there was a sheep market. I used to work with sheep back years ago in uh, in agriculture. And I don't know about you, but I've actually helped shearing sheep. And I'm going to tell you today that sheep are some of the dirtiest animals you'll ever find. That's the truth. And, And let me explain to us about sheep. Brother Eli, sheep, amen, are not like cattle. Sheep have wool on them that has to be sheared. They have to be tended. They have to be cared for. Amen. But their their wool is full of oil. And when you shear a sheep, you have to, at least you used to have to, amen, you had to keep a vat of hot boiling water and we would shear a while. And then we would dip our clippers in that boiling water in order to clear them out. If not, they would become clogged with what? Amen. With the dirt and the oil from the sheep. Amen. Let me tell you, when you get dirt and oil, you get flies. Amen. I'm being honest with you. When you get a sheep market, I don't know if any of you have ever been to a place. We've been to cattle markets. 
But I don't, if you've ever been to a sheep market, I want to tell you there ain't nothing in the world in that place, amen, to the, to the nose that would attract you to that place. Amen. Unless you had a purpose to get there, you wouldn't get up in the morning and say, I think I'm going to go to the sheep market today. That's an exciting place for me to be. Amen. To go down to the sheep market and see what's happening. And now, beside the sheep market, we've got something, amen, of, of, a, of a more a, a hard picture to look at. Amen. And also by the pool lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind and halt and withered and lame and disfigured and maimed and wounded people. So now we've got a sheep market that doesn't smell any good. Amen. And now we've got a bunch of people. Amen. That, that uh, I mean this in no wrong way. They were invalids because they, they were stuck in their condition. And, and they were looking for God to move upon their situation. I want us to understand today that I believe that this place. Amen. It wouldn't be on Verbo's greatest destination listing. Amen. I doubt that booking.com or Travelocity amen, would have listed the place as the most scenic or comfortable destinations. I don't know about you, but I was able recently to take a trip down to the coast. And I remember I would get up in the morning, early some mornings, and I, I would sit out on the porch and I would watch the activity of the beach. And I would watch the blue ocean and the clouds and the sky and all of God's creation. And I would think, my, how beautiful is that? My, how glorious is that. Amen. The, the ocean breeze would, would blow and my lungs would be filled with that old ocean salt air. Amen. And that just makes me feel better in itself. Amen. And I looked at that and I examined that and I said, my, what a place to visit. Amen. But I want to tell you, amen, of the sheep place here and the pool of Bethesda, there was nothing there that would make you want to visit it. There was nothing there that would make you want to be attracted to it. Amen. Unless you were one of two people. Amen. You were either a shepherd or you were either somebody that had an infirmity in their body. Amen. I believe this place. Amen. That most people. Amen. Would avoid if at all possible. If for nothing else but the odor that existed at the pool of Bethesda. Is that all right? Amen. Have I painted a good enough picture today of the pool of Bethesda? Amen. Now you can, you can imagine it any which way you want to, but I'm going to tell you the truth about the place. Amen. It wasn't all that to look at. It wasn't all that to be attracted to. Amen. But this was just the kind of place where Jesus was found ministering. How about that? Amen. Let me talk to us for a moment about the church. I'm thankful today, amen, for uh, even uh, of the material things that God has blessed this church with. I'm thankful today for the house of God. I'm, I'm thankful today for the thermostat in the back. Some would say that's just a, a thermostat. Oh, yeah, but that thermostat's tied to a machine called an air conditioner and a heater. Amen. And, 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 and when it's not, 
Amen. As, as pleasant as it is this morning, but back during July and the temperature about now was about 85 degrees. Amen. We were proud that we had two air conditioners pumping cool air into this place. And I, I want to say today that I'm thankful that God has given us, amen, a glorious place to gather together and have church. And I'm thankful today for the carpet. And I'm thankful today for the beautiful platform. I'm thankful today for the multimedia. And it's all right. Amen. I'm thankful for all of those things. I'm thankful today, amen, that I can reach the congregation through my voice, amen, under the, under the anointing of God I'm praying for, amen, because we've got a sound system, amen, that projects what needs to be said and what needs to be preached. And we've got speakers and, and we've got musicians and, and we've got singers and, and, and we've got musical instruments and, and we've got a beautiful parking lot. I'm telling you, I'm proud. I mean, how proud I am. I'm proud enough. I thank the Lord for it every day. Amen. I'm thankful for all of those things. I'm thankful today for the sound systems. I'm thankful even for the playground. I introduced someone, a minister down there the other day. And uh, I told him, I said, let me show you something that God gave me a vision of many years ago. I'll never forget in 2005, I'll never forget I woke up and I told Sister Cook, I said, I saw something tonight that, that it was amazing. She asked me what it was. I said, I saw a playground in the church or at least around the church. And I said, I, I seen children laughing and playing. Amen. Coming down slides and beautiful apostolic children. Amen. Were gathered around the house of the Lord. And I saw all of that kind of business. Amen. And I woke up and I realized. Amen. That we can do this. That God can, can, can function around that. Amen. Let me tell us today. We, we as adults, we don't come into the house of God to play. At least we say we don't. Amen. But let me tell us today. I'm excited today because I've got a place that the children can go and enjoy themselves while we have meetings and while they have a, a young folks events and while they have children events. I'm thankful today for the material thing that we've got here. Amen? But that's not why I'm here. This that ain't why I'm here today. I'm here today because where two or three are gathered together In his name, there is Jesus. I'm thankful today that when I come into the house of the Lord, whether we are bouncing off the walls or running the front aisles, I know today that the presence of the Lord visits with us as we give him honor, as we give him praise, as we give him glory. Oh, my I'm thankful today that we come in the house of God and we begin to sing praises unto the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that I know that God himself in the form of the Holy Ghost moves and ministers in the house. That's why I come to church. I don't know about you. Maybe you're different than I am, but that's why I'm here. Amen. I'm not here today because of all the materialistic things and understand today that congregations are drawn to certain things that they can have and acquire. And I, 
I think everything ought to be pleasant and good. Amen. But I'm here today because I know that when people become troubled, when people have problems and they cry out to the Lord, Jesus is always in the midst. Amen. If you were to look today across the congregation, you won't find a perfect people. Amen. We, we, we look at the house of God and, and, and we see all of these glorious things. And we examine that and we, we have people visiting. They'll say, my, it's a beautiful place. Thank God for the beautiful place. But thank God for the people here. Thank God for those that he's planted inside the house of God. Thank God for all of those, amen, that are coming to the house of God because they need something from the Lord. And I want to say today, you won't find perfect people in the house of God. Now you can find a perfect manger scene on a postcard. But when you go to the manger, actually, you're going to find that it was a mess. You won't find a perfect scene there at the pool of Bethesda. But when you realize the importance of the pool and you realize the importance of the presence of God manifested in such a place, you get an idea of how glorious the place really was. Hello? Amen. Y'all wake up this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We get an idea of really how glorious the place is when you begin to look around the place. And you begin to understand really what kind of scene that you've got going on. I mean, if today if we could do an analogy of the church, I, I believe today that the pool of Bethesda would be much like the church of Jesus Christ. If you look across the congregation, you're going to find, amen, a bunch of people that are not perfect people. Amen. But most of us are deeply flawed and wounded and lame and halt. Amen. Needing a touch from God. Amen. There, there's a lot today uh, of Christians that, that, that uh, uh, like the Corinthians, amen, that think the church ought to be a production and, and the praise team ought to be flawless and the Sunday school teachers ought to, ought to be beyond expectation and the Pastors should preach to perfection and the young folks should never make any mistakes. I don't want to get involved with any of this, amen, because I don't want to dirty myself with wounded folk. Let me tell you something today. When you really get into the church, when you really begin to understand the working of the church, when you really get a revelation of what the church is, oh, let me tell you, it's a bunch of people that are gathered together in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that need God to touch them they need something in their life that they don't have I want to tell you today that these people were there at that place because they were desperate I want you to know that you'll never find God until you're desperate today you walk out of this place saying boy service was blah today unless you get desperate Amen. Let me tell you today. I believe today that God wants to work a miracle in the house. I believe today that God wants to resurrect a dead person. I believe today that God wants to heal a blind man. I believe today that God wants to get somebody up out of a wheelchair. Today, let me tell you, it ain't about a production. It ain't about the sound on the platform. It ain't about the piano. Oh, I want to tell you, I ain't worried about the piano player drumming up a good tune. I'm worried about going 
going to the house of God with a bunch of wounded people that need God in their life. People have got a, a false idea of what church is. I mean, we hear it said, well, the church is full of hypocrites. No, the church is full of people that make mistakes and they have problems and they need God to touch their life and they need God to heal them and they need God to bless them. Amen. Let me tell us today. Amen. If we could understand today. Amen. That, that uh, if we're not careful. Amen. We'll realize that we're missing the will of God because we don't want to dirty ourselves. Amen. With the sheep and we don't want to dirty ourselves with the wounded of the world and we don't want to dirty ourselves with imperfect people. But let me tell you, Jesus was a man. Amen. That ate supper with the sinner. He was the... Oh my... He was the man, amen, that delivered Mary of seven devils. He is the man, amen, that loosed and told others, amen, you cast the first stone. You that haven't sinned, you cast the first stone. I'm talking today about the church. I don't know about you, but I'm proud to be part of the church today. I'm proud to be part of the church today. Let's look at the truth today. In this place called Bethesda. This is the analogy of the church. Amen. Which literally this place called Bethesda translates as this. The house of mercy. What is the church? It's the house of mercy. It's the place where you come. To find mercy from God. And I want to tell you today. If folks can't find mercy in the house of God. Where are they going to find mercy? They're sure not going to find it in your living room if they can't be found in the house of God. They're not going to find it at your front door. Amen. If it can't be found in the house of God, where else are you going to find mercy? Amen. Mercy. Thank God today for the church. Amen. The house of mercy inside the house. Amen. You're going to find a great multitude of impotent folk, a blind and halt and withered, looking for a moving of the water. Amen. What did we come here to do today? Amen. I come here today because I understand. Amen. That that the uh, the deeper flaw that I am, the deeper relationship with God I got to have. Uh, I'm here today. Amen. Because the closer that I get to God, Amen. The more that I understand that I need Him. I'm here today because I'm I'm telling you that old Philip Cook has come to a place understanding the cross of Calvary amen that I know amen the closer to the cross I, I get amen the more clearer picture of my sins they become amen people have got a wrong idea of what the church really is amen people have got a a fairy tale world I'm going to tell you there are people today that hop from church to church to church to church. Amen. That are looking for a better place. They're looking for the perfect place. They're looking for the perfect preacher. They're looking for the perfect praise team. They're, they're, they're wanting the perfect sound. They're wanting a house full of perfect saints. They, they want everything to be perfect so when they get there they can mess it up. I'm going to preach to you before I get out of here today. I want you to know that if you think you're perfect, don't go to a place like that because you'll wreck it. Right. 
Why? Because ain't none of us perfect. What is the church? The church is Bethesda. It is the house of mercy. Thank God today for the church. I remember some years ago as a young man that, amen, God began to speak to me and he began to minister to me. Amen. I didn't run to my next door neighbor for help. I I didn't go to my workplace for help. I I, I didn't run to anybody around there for help. Amen. I knew that in order to get loosed and set free, amen, I had to go to the house of God in order to get delivered. Why? Amen. Because that was the place that you could find mercy. I'm here to tell you today, I don't know what kind of shape you're in this morning, but I want to tell you today that you're in the house of God, which is the house of mercy. Amen. in the house of mercy you can find mercy if you're wounded you can be healed if you're down you can be lifted up oh listen to me today if you need healing in your body God can do it if you need delivered in your soul you're in the right place oh I wish somebody today would help me preach I'm here to tell you amen that there's mercy in the house there is goodness in the house there is power in the house there is glory in the house amen God is here. Why? Because this is the house of mercy. Jesus was accused one time of eating with the sinners and his answer to them was this. He said he said those that are well have no need of a physician. He came to the sinner. I don't know about you today but I need the physician in my life. I need the one that is able to touch and move and minister, deliver and heal. Amen. In this place called the church... Amen. That's where God delivers. That's where God does a great work. Amen. And and inside of this place, amen, we find that God goes on to tell us there was a certain man there which had an infirmity 38 years. Amen. Now, we don't know how long this man had been coming to the pool, but we do know that for nearly four years, Decades. Now you add it up. Any which way you add it, that's a long time. Four decades, Brother Danny. This man got up a cripple. For four decades, this man lived in his infirmity. For four decades, he was gathered around a people that nobody could touch him and heal him. <coughs> I want to tell us today that it's easy for us to look at this man and judge others of the infirmities and the weakness and faults that are in their lives. Amen. But let me tell you, you don't know about his situation. You don't know what brought him there. We can surmise. We can suppose. We can examine. We can look. Amen. But I want to tell you today that we need to be careful lest we judge those that God has touched and loosed and set free. Amen. Because you just don't know what they've been through. You don't know the problem they've overcome. You don't know the troubles and the struggles that they've overcome. You don't know the things that they've gone through. Amen. But let me tell you today that we've got to make sure that in the house of God, that it is the house of mercy. Amen. That in the house of mercy, people can find mercy from the living God. And if they can't find mercy from the living God, is it really a church? Oh, I'm preaching to us today. Is it really a church? 
Amen. Let me tell us today. Amen. I want everybody to know this. That when you come to the altar, you can find mercy at Praise Temple Apostolic Church. Yeah. I don't care what kind of shape you're in. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. I want you to know that this is the house of mercy. It's the house of the flawed people. Hallelujah. I tell you today that we're all pretentious in many ways. More of us, some than others. You would say, Pastor, how do you know? We walk around today and we shake hands with people and we'll say, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. Amen. Really, we're telling a story some of the time because we're really not doing wonderful. Amen. Amen. You examine the lives of people, that's an absolute wreck. Amen. Let me tell us today that we'll we'll put on the suit and tie and we'll look the part. We'll put on the suit and tie and we'll act the part and we'll 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 believe the part, you know, that all is fine. And I understand that I've been forgiven of sins. I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. I've been covered. Amen. But let me tell us today, Amen, we all go through things. We all have hurts in our life. We all have wounds and pains in our life. Amen. People have hurt us. Amen. People have talked about us. People have hindered us. People have locked us up. Amen. People have abandoned us. Amen. But let me tell you today, amen, that in the house of God, at the house of mercy, it's not a clubhouse. It's not a clubhouse. It's the house of God. It's the place that you can... It's a place you can find mercy. It's a place you can cry out, Jesus, I need you. It's the place, amen, where the sick are laid hands on and they recover. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, the devil wants you to believe that nobody loves you. The devil wants you to believe that nobody's like you or likes you. The devil wants you to believe that everybody's against you. Let me tell you, that's a lie out of the pits of hell. The church is for you. Christ is for you. I'll never forget as long as I live. We had been here two or three years. And there was a young lady that come up to the front. And we that are apostolic understand what I'm about to say. We begin to pray for that young lady. Amen. And something began to speak out of her. Amen, Brother Danny, that we didn't know it at first, but when we began to pray, it began to reveal itself. You know what I'm talking about. I'll never forget on that day, amen, that, uh, that young lady began to uh, uh, speak in a voice that wasn't hers and began to make a proclamation, and I'll never forget the words that that thing said. Amen, it said, nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. No one is for me. Let me tell you today that old spirit will speak that into the ears of people. It'll speak it into the ears of apostolic people. I'm here today to rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you that Christ is for you. And the church is for you. And the saints, oh, and the saints of the living God are for you. And if anybody is whispering in that in your ear, you need to rebuke them in the name of Jesus. That's what the devil wants people to hear. Amen. I want you to know and understand today that if we're not careful as a church, we can take on a judgmental attitude. 
Amen. Romans 2 says, Therefore there are inexcusable, O man, whomsoever thou art that judgest for. Amen. Wherewith thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. Amen. Let me tell you today, in looking around here, if we're not careful, we as apostolics can take on a pharisaical attitude that we begin to finger point at one another. But I want to ask you, what, what doctor are you going to? What psychiatrist are you going to? What place are you going to? Oh, I'm preaching today. Amen. What kind of thing, amen, have you had trouble with in your life? What kind of faults have you struggled with in your life? What kind of areas do you need delivered and loosed and set free? from in your life. I want to tell you today I'm preaching about a house of mercy. I'm preaching today about the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not preaching condemnation. I'm preaching mercy. If we're not careful we'll forget what manner of man that we are. Amen. Matter of fact I would ask you how did you get here today? What brought you to the house of God? Trouble? Problems, addictions, amen. In the Corinthian church, when Paul preached to the Corinthians, he said this. He said, of such were some of you. They were condemning one another. And he said, of such were some of you. And then he said, judge not lest something worse come upon you. Hallelujah. To tell us today that we need to get our eyes on ourselves and our eyes on the church of Jesus Christ and our eyes on the mercy of God because I'm going to tell you without the mercy of God, every one of us would be lost. Without the mercy of God, every one of us would be down and out. Without the mercy of God, every one of us, amen, would be, would be irrevocably locked up in a prison of sin that you could not set yourself free from. Amen. Let me preach to us a little. From the word. Jesus took Peter after Peter's mistake. And some would say, what mistake was that? Amen. This great man of God that, amen, that said, thou art the Christ, son of the living God. And Jesus said, blessed art thou, Simon Peter, upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What a high note for a man of ministry. Amen. But let me tell you about the low note, amen, that happened in Peter's life. Amen. Peter, amen, the great one, Peter. Amen. The one that that uh, uh, that became the chief apostle, Peter. Amen. That led the disciples. Amen. He committed the chiefest crime of crimes. There is none worse than Peter ever committed. And yet we follow Peter's plan of salvation every day because we know it's biblical. It's Christ's plan of salvation, but Peter's spoke it. Let me explain to us what Peter did. Amen. He denied Christ three times. I'm going to say, well, that wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. How much worse can you get? In Matthew 10 and 33, Jesus said this, For whosoever shall deny me before men, him also I will deny before my Father, which is in heaven. Peter could not have sinned worse in the world. You hear me? No abomination, no sin, nothing worse he could commit than denying Christ. Did you hear me today? And what happened? 
Christ found him. He told Peter, he said, he said, Peter, you're going to fail me. He said, but I prayed for you. And he said, and when you recover, he said, you uplift your brethren. We find that Peter, even after he backslid, took his brothers. And instead of bringing them to a place of recovery, Peter took them out on a ship and went fishing with them. I guess we could find out where Peter's mind was. Amen. And then when Jesus walked along the the shoreline, amen, he found them out in the boat. Amen. We find that Peter cried out to him. Amen. Peter, amen, he unrobed himself and swam to the bank to get to Jesus. And when he got there, Jesus wrapped his arms around him and said, Oh, Peter, it's okay. Don't you worry about a thing. I got it all covered. No, that ain't what he said. He said this, Peter, lovest thou me? Oh, today if we could understand it. Peter, lovest thou me? Lord, yeah, you know I love you. We just denied him just a couple of days ago. Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know I love you. You ever had anybody, you know I love you? I have too. Peter, I love you. Peter, do you love the Lord? Lord, thou knowest I love you. Jesus says, feed my sheep. Peter had committed the chiefest crime. And we find that Jesus reemployed him. Brought him to a place of ministry in his life and his heart. And then Peter said this, the man that had committed the chiefest crime, the man that had just been reinstated and restored. This is an amazing story. Peter looked around and seen the disciple that Jesus loved. And he said, I wasn't the only one that failed you. We forget that, don't we? I wasn't the only one that missed the mark. He said, what about John? Jesus looked at Peter with a voice of rebuke and he said the clearest thing that he's ever told any believer. He said, if John tarry till I come, what be it to thee? What is it to you? What is it to you of their failure? What is it to you? That they've missed the mark. What, what is it to you? He said, Peter, I'm talking to you. I'm still speaking of mercy because I want us to understand, amen, that if it were not for the mercy and the grace of God, Peter never would have been restored. Amen. But the man that laid his head on the breast of Jesus, amen, that old backslidden Peter pointed his finger at him and he said, what about John? Ain't that the attitude, amen, that many of us take? What about John? What about old Bob? What about him? He don't love you, that old rotten scoundrel. He ain't no good. What about this individual? They ain't never done nothing for you. They don't love you like I did. Peter just denied Christ three times. I want to tell us today that if we're not careful, we'll forget who we are. We'll forget where God brought us from. Amen. 
I want us to know today, amen, that just as Jesus restored Peter, Jesus will restore any one of you. Just as surely as y'all have gone through Hades in your life, let me tell you, Jesus will deliver you of that. Amen. Oh, listen to me today. Amen. God's, uh, God's will is that we all be restored unto him. Scripture tells us, then Peter turning, amen, said, what about John? And Jesus said, if John tarry till I come, he said, follow thou me. Don't you worry about John. Me and John got it figured out. And now we find on this scene that Jesus saw the lame man lie. And he knew that he had been a long time in that case. The Bible said no doubt in the way that he laid. I'm going to tell us today that this man was stuck in his condition. And this is so sad. He was stuck in his condition at the house of mercy. Now I'm going to tell us today. Amen. We ought not be stuck in our condition at the house of mercy. We ought not be stuck in our sins at the house of mercy. We ought not be stuck in judgment at the house of mercy. We ought not be stuck physically, amen, in, in, in physical pain at the house of the Lord. Oh, I'm, I'm preaching to us the truth. Amen. If we're not careful, we'll get stuck at the house of God. Amen. Believing that God can't move and God can't hinder. And God, oh, listen, God wants to set us free. And today if we could live with an expectation of what God wants to do. He'll loose you and set you free. Hallelujah. This man was stuck at the house of mercy. And then Jesus asked him this simple question. He said, will thou be made whole? I want you to hear the next words of the impotent man because they apply to you and I. Will you be made whole? Jesus opened the door of salvation and mercy in his life. Will you be made whole? I want you to hear what the man said when he was questioned, would you be made whole? He said, Lord, I would. He said, but when that water gets to stirring, he said, I ain't got nobody to put me in. He started blaming people for his spiritual condition. Let me tell you what carnal people do. They blame other folks for their carnal condition. Is that all right? I, I ain't got nobody that'll pray for me. I got nobody that'll loose me. I got nobody, amen, that'll come along and shove me in the water. And some would say, well, Brother Cook, that's hard. This man was disabled. I, I want you to know, amen, I would imagine that if I had been in that shape, and God forbid... I want you to know that I believe that I would have lived in that water. My feet would have been dangling in the water. Amen. I would have grown legs like a frog and gills like a fish until I got healed. I would have lived not only at the house of mercy, but the pool of mercy. Amen. I want to tell you today, today... You're at the house of mercy and you can't blame your spiritual condition on nobody. Stand with me. The impotent man answered him and said, Sir, I have no man. When the water is trouble, 
to put me in the pool. But while I'm coming, and that lets me know that he had been there long enough that he had actually seen the pool stirred. I want you to know today that we have been to the house of God long enough that we have seen the presence of God move throughout the house. Amen. We have been in the house of God long enough that we have seen the glory of God manifested and the power of God manifested. Amen. Oh, listen. We have had tongues and interpretation spoken into our life. We've been given words of prophecy. The door of mercy has been opened. I want you to know today, amen, the only one, amen, that stops you from receiving mercy at the house of mercy is ourselves. Ourselves. I want you to hear me today. You can't blame the preacher. It ain't the preacher's fault. You can't blame the musician today. It ain't their fault. <laughs> I want you to hear me today. The only one responsible for no worship in my life is me the only one sister sis told me something after the message on Sunday night that struck a chord with me she said brother cook if anybody is lost and goes to hell after Sunday night's message she said it's their fault She said, because that message was plain enough and open enough that it ought to have saved everybody. Everybody. This man keeps going on. I've got nobody to put me in the water. I got nobody to put me in that place. And he said, but wow. While I'm coming, while I'm crawling to that place. He said this. He said, another one cometh. He beats me to it. He steals my blessing. When I'm trying to get to God. I want us to understand today. That you're in an abundant house of mercy. We're in the house of God today. And we don't have to worry about the Lord running out of the Holy Ghost. We don't have to worry about the Lord running out of healing virtue. We don't have to worry about the the Lord running out of delivering power. We We don't have to worry about that kind of business. Why? Because he owns a cattle of a thousand hills. Amen. And he blesses us. He gives to us out of the abundance that he has. I want you to know today that you're in the house of mercy whether you realize it or not. God is merciful. And he can minister to anybody, anywhere. But I want you to know today that the Bible says where two or three are gathered together, In my name, he said, I'll be there right in the midst. What am I telling us today, right now, in this place, the mercy of God is amplified. And it doesn't matter whether 30 people come up here or not. 
God can restore you and renew you and fill you with the Holy Ghost. You don't have to leave here hurting and wounded. You don't have to leave here angry and upset. You don't have to leave here in a backslidden state in your mind. You don't have to leave here today not having spoken in tongues. You don't have to leave here in a lost condition. All you have to do is come to the place of mercy today. And I believe today that Christ has opened the door of mercy. And then, and then. He said, would thou be made whole? Would thou be made whole? That would be my question to us today. That would be be the question that God would pose every one of us. Would thou be made whole? That's what Christ is asking everyone that's gathered in the house of the Lord. Would you be made whole today? And if so, he said this, you take up your bed and walk everybody say get up get up I want us to know this today many times we're looking for the prophet of God we're looking for the the evangelist that'll walk by and tell us everything that we've done we're looking for somebody that'll read our mail Tell us our zip code. Tell us of where we're from. Tell us all kinds of things that we already know ourselves. But I want you to know today that it's today in the house of God. Mercy is in abundance. And all you have to do is come and say, Lord, I need you today. Could we all just lift our hands to the Lord and love him today in this house? I love you, Jesus. I praise you today.